Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Never ceases to amaze me. Amen. Genesis chapter number one. In verse number 16, we're going to read the scriptures here tonight, just a few verses of scripture. Pray the Lord would help us here this evening. The Bible says, and God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. God set them in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. To rule over the day and over the night. Divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. The evening and the morning were the fourth day. Tonight, I like to entitle this just a phrase out of verse number 16 that it caught me several months ago. Among all this speaking about a greater light, a lesser light, so on and so forth. It's a little phrase there. Kind of addition here to what is being written and he says he made the stars also that's what I want to preach about tonight he made the stars also amen if you have your Bible in your hand I ask if you'd put it down right now and talk to the Lord with your hands raised father I love you Jesus oh God I magnify that holy 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 name I pray oh Lord move upon my mind tonight Help me, Jesus, to speak with clarity. I pray, O oh God, not my own will or agenda, but God, your will and your agenda. God, to be done here this evening. God, incapable, Lord, of doing it alone or by myself. I need your spirit. God, to blow upon my mind and blow upon the words that are spoken, God, from this pulpit and podium. God, and that it could somehow, in some manner, reach every individual that sits under the sound of my voice tonight. God, I'm your servant. God, waiting upon you, Lord Jesus, for the strength, Lord Jesus, and the spirit to speak with. In the lovely name of the Lord Jesus, I pray. Can the church say amen? Amen. amen. You may be seated. Look at your neighbor and say, he made the stars also. Amen. It's a phrase that has been with me for some time now. I didn't just go to the office today and start flipping through my Bible to see what would strike my fancy. It's a phrase that's been with me for some time now. As a matter of fact, from the very beginning of this year, this phrase has been with me whenever I started reading my Bible through again this year at the beginning of the year. I came across this phrase. I normally read from different sections in my Bible. Uh, each day throughout the year to read my Bible through in a year. One of the sections that I read from each day is from the first five books of the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. If you do it for 187 days, you'll read through them. Amen. And start all over again. And as I was reading through there on the first day of January at the beginning of this year, I read then Genesis chapter number one, as my custom is. And whenever I begin to read that, I came across that phrase, he made the stars 
also. Amen. He made the stars also. And that stuck with me then ever since that time. As a matter of fact, the Bible that I read each day, I underlined it. I made some notes in the margin uh, concerning that he made the stars also. Genesis, the book of Genesis within itself is quite a wonder whenever you really begin to consider it because about 2,000 years are covered within the first 11 chapters of the book of Genesis. And then the rest of Genesis, the other 38 chapters, about 400 years are covered. So there's a lot of time in the history of mankind that's covered just in the first 11 chapters of the book of Genesis. So it is quite a wonder. And then to consider that all of creation... Everything that we can see, everything that we can feel, everything that we can experience, everything that we cannot see is summed up mainly just in the first two chapters of the book of Genesis. It's quite bewildering to think everything that we can see and touch and hear and experience was just summed up in the very first two chapters of the Bible. It's mind-boggling, really, if you begin to consider it. The creation of the heavens and the earth are contained there. The creation of the waters and the light, dry land, grass, herbs, fruits, all of that is contained there. The luminaries, what they call the luminaries of being the sun and the moon and the stars are right there within those first two chapters. The creation of the fish, the multitude of the fish of the sea and the fowl of the air and every creeping thing and beast that is upon the earth is all spoken about in those first two chapters of Genesis and with such brevity they are spoken of. Just a few words tossed around to give us the indication that God created all the various kinds and species of creeping beasts upon the earth. All the different species of the fowl, the air, and all the numerous fish that are in the sea. Just a few words that are used and set aside in brevity to describe and introduce to you and I as God being the creator. And God would just say, let there be and there it was. Such brevity, amen, for this entire creation that we adore, live on, and participate in. David said in Psalms 33, he said, by the word of the Lord were the heavens made and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. He have gathered the waters of the sea together as an heap. He layeth up the depth in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spake and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. But in particular, out of all of these creative days and the things that spun tail from the very words of God on the fourth day of creation, the Bible relays to you and I that God created lights for the firmament that he had made. He had already made the firmament. The Bible even tells us on the first day he already created light. Uh, for us that thinks that we have to have the sun to have light, I think we're a little wrong because before there was ever a sun, God already said on the first day, let there be light. But he made some lights in the firmament with purpose and their purpose was to light the earth that God had already made. 
These lights were to serve a purpose to distinguish the daytime from the nighttime. There was a greater light that we know to be the sun. There was a lesser light that we know to be the moon. And we know that the sun and the moon are big players in this light showcase, amen, that God strung forth in the very beginning of creation. But along the way, tucked away in verse number 16, almost like a postscript, almost like an afterthought, almost like a parenthetical phrase of, oh yeah, by the way, he puts in our King James Bibles, he made the stars also. Now I know, ladies and gentlemen, because of the forethought of God, the intention of God, the plan of God, the purpose of God, I know it seems as a postscript. I know it seems like an afterthought and it seems like a parenthetical phrase, if you will, but I know that the stars were not an afterthought of God, but he had Moses, the one who penned these words of Genesis to present them as a oh yeah moment in case I forgot. I also made the stars can you just grasp the concept and the idea for the moment we could talk for a while about the diameter and the mass of the sun and its ability to do what it does for us and the moon and all that but an afterthought of God as Moses had him pin it oh by the way I also made the stars someone say amen And so in our King James Bible, as few as five words, he uses to say he also, he made the stars also in our King James Bibles. But in the Hebrew, it's just two words. Just two words. Just two two words in the Hebrew to say, by the way, I made the stars. To express the idea that God had something to do with the stars, the galaxies, and the universe. By the way, I made the stars. But ladies and gentlemen, I hope before we leave tonight that there's something in those two Hebrew words that represents something far greater and far grander, amen, than what scientists and astronomers and physicists for centuries have yet to understand or discover or totally come to reality of just two words in scripture but for ages upon ages they've been studying it, look into it, trying to figure it out, unravel the mystery. Someone say amen. Generations of people, folks, from the very earliest of mankind have been awestruck and they have been enamored with the stars. What was presented as a afterthought of God has been an unsolved mystery, amen, to tens and thousands of people. Men and women alike have devoted their lifetime to unraveling what God devoted two Hebrew words to that simply translated mean this, also stars. Someone say amen. And it's stated very simple. Very simple in Genesis. Very simple with our English language. It is stated very simply. Even our childhood lullabies have been the subject of these vast unknown thing called the stars. If you can recite with me, you shall. Twinkle, twinkle. Little star. How I wonder what you are up above the world so high like a diamond in the sky now there are other stanzas to that poem and to that lullaby but it does not end the writer wrote it does not end 
without asserting to you and I our true lack of knowledge of something that is so pervasive, so all-encompassing in our universe that we look up and see in our night sky. They did not end but talk about how we lack a true knowledge of stars also. It continues and says, as your bright and tiny spark lights the traveler in the dark, though I know not what you are, twinkle, twinkle, little star. Someone say amen. Look at your neighbor and say, he made the stars also. What I want us to leave here tonight is this. I want us to be dazzled by this very simplistic statement that he made the stars also. In our solar system, after the sun, in our solar system, the nearest star to the earth is Proxima Centauri. It is about 339.9 trillion kilometers away. Or if you will, 4.2 light years away. What that means for us who are not science geeks is this. This means it takes light from this star 4.2 years to reach earth. As you learned once as a childhood student in English class, light travels at 186,000 miles a second. And so whenever you compute that, that is six trillion miles in a year. Amen. Light's traveling so quick that in a year's time, it can travel six trillion miles in a year. And that's how far light goes in a year, six trillion miles. As a matter of fact, the nearest star that is closest to us, if you were to use the newest, if you were to use the fastest space probe propulsion system right now known today, it would still take us about 75,000 years to get to the nearest star just beyond the sun. Yet Job said, is not God in the height of heaven? And behold, the height of the stars, how high are they? Yet in that very simplistic form of even the nearest star to us, that it would take us 75,000, if you will, years to get there. God summed it up with just a few words he made the stars also some would say glory there are approximately 200 to 400 billion stars in our Milky Way galaxy alone but we're not the only galaxy there are each galaxy for that matter contains hundreds of billions of stars and they're estimated to be anywhere from 100 to 200 billion galaxies. And so the total number of stars in the universe, estimated that is, is quite mind-boggling. The estimate is it could be as small as 76 trillion and as possibly as high as 300 sextillion. What is that? That's a three with 23 zeros behind it. They're figuring this all out. But God put it as a little afterthought and he made the He made the stars also. On a clear night, if you get away from our city over to our house just a little bit, where it's a little bit dark, you can look up in the sky and they say on a clear night, Earth's sky only reveals about 3,000 stars that we can see to the naked eye. Honey, that is just a flash in the pan compared to 300 sextillion stars that are out there. Someone say amen. 
Now, some of the information I'm getting ready to share with you may not be biblically correct or biblically accurate. Amen, I'm a supporter of creation. I'm a supporter of a young earth. If there are items to be found that are supposedly billions of years old, it's either because they're wrong or because God created some things already aged. All right? So please take that in consideration as I share some of these things. Stars are usually between 1 and 10 billion years old. Some stars may even be close to the age of the observed universe at nearly 13.8 billion years old. The light from stars takes millions of years to reach Earth. All right? Therefore, when you look at the stars, you're literally looking back in time because what you're seeing only reached you now, but it started its journey a long time ago prior. I'm wild by that because whenever I back up, he just said, and he made the stars also. Amen. Stars can range in color depending on how hot they are. In order from the lowest to the highest temperatures, they can be brown. That is the lowest. Red, orange, yellow, white, blue, blue is the hottest. I'm talking about stars tonight. And if I may quote from an article that I read just today, it stated that each star is unique. No two stars have exactly the same properties. They said this may sound like guesswork since we've analyzed very few stars in detail, but the conclusion is certainty. A star has so many variables in its makeup that the probability of two identical stars is zero. These variables include the total number of atoms, exact chemical composition, size, temperature, and motion. Some stars show obvious color and brightness differences. Others require special tools to study and detect their particular identity or fingerprint. None of them are the same. They are all unique and yet it's summed up he made the stars. Also, the New Testament writer said in 1 Corinthians 15, 41, he said there is one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon. God already knew all about this. Another glory of the stars for one star different from another star in glory. Honey, they just found out what God already knew because he's the creator. He is the author. Amen. He made the stars also. If they have to have special instrumentation to see a particular fingerprint of the star, folks, I'll tell you what that fingerprint is it's the fingerprint of a creator it's a fingerprint of God he made the stars someone say yes he made the stars also David said in Psalms hey he said when I consider the heavens and the work of thy fingers the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained it's from there he goes on and says, what is man? Woo! That power, mindful of him. Though God has no literal hands, that's spoken in a figurative sense, we're personifying God. God is a spirit. He has no hands to speak of, but it's personified here. He is personified here in terms that you and I can relate to. Often you hear of the finger of God, the hands of God. That's spoken for our benefit in terms that we can relate to. Amen. The heavens, the Bible says, the moon and the stars, look at it now there in Psalms 8.3, are just the work of his fingers as he is personified. Amen. In other words, that estimated 
306 trillion stars in the universe are just the work of his fingers which in reality are nothing more but the expressions of his words let there be You know what Genesis tries to do? It tries to reclaim the all of God for us. That's what Genesis tries to do. That's the reason why the wording is very skimpy and there's not a bunch of detail because he wants you to get back the all. He wants you to get back the understanding. He speaks and it exists. And it exists so much that man in the lifetime from the beginning till now has not yet reached the end of what they're trying to discover and learn about what God did in a moment. Someone say amen. You can go online today. You can name a star. You can buy a star for your sweetheart. You can purchase a star and name it after someone that is deceased in your family, a deceased loved one. They'll give you a constellation map to locate it in the sky. That thing can even become a family heirloom. They'll give it to you. They'll give to you a certificate uh, uh, authenticating its location and the name that you gave it. You can go to places like Star Registry or Star Registration or name a star, amen, live. And you can go buy yourself a star and you can name it and get a certificate and pass it down from generation to generation. But David said in Psalms 147, speaking of God, he Telleth the number of the stars and he calleth them all by their name. Folks, I don't need to buy a star. He made the stars also. If I'm an heir of God, then it's mine as well. I don't need to name a star. He's already named every last single one. I don't need to rename what God's already. I don't need to rename what God's already named. He knows how many they are and he knows all their names. Rather than passing down as an heirloom, some star I bought and renamed that God already named, I'd rather pass down the one who made the stars, pass down the what? If I'm gonna pass something down as a family heritage, made the stars also, someone say also. He made the stars also, also, ladies and gentlemen, then he made something that they can't even number. In his little also, by the way. In his by the way. You know, usually when someone says by the way, it's something that's not really significant. Or if it's a little PS, it's a little note there, you know. A little add dim. It's not nothing much. God is, by the way. I made the stars also. He made something that we couldn't even number. God's also is that he made something that early on mankind would use as navigation and would search for direction by the stars. That's God's also. Uh-huh. That's God's also. The motion of the stars over the course of a full year helped them in early societies build their first calendars, know when to plant their fields, when to harvest their fields. They knew the day, it coming and going, not just by the sun, but by the stars. Nehemiah said in Nehemiah 4.21, so we labored in the work, and half of them held the spears, what, from the rising of the morning till what is the closure, till the stars appeared. Job said in Job 3.9, 
He said, let the stars of the twilight. What is that? That's the stars that are there just before the break of day. During the twilight, let the stars of the twilight thereof be dark and let it look for light. But have none, neither let it see the dawning of the day. Those were morning stars. The stars that came just at the twilight time, at the breaking of another day. Throughout the year of the calendar, throughout the changing of the seasons, there would be different morning stars that would herald the breaking of the day. And people that seen the stars, looked to the stars, learned what those morning stars were. And they knew if a particular morning star was there, that it was time to break the soil. It was time to cultivate the field. It was time to put seed in the ground. But when that one had dissipated and there was a new morning star that was there, they knew it was time to put the sickle into the field. It was time to reap a harvest. Folks, this is what God encapsulated in all the words in Genesis when he said he made the stars also. It just wasn't some dangling thing up there that was sparkling, but he was given direction by that. He was given navigation by that. He was giving them times to plant and times to harvest by that, yet he summed it up in and he made the stars also. Someone say amen. Psalms 19 and verse number one, the Bible says, the heavens, that includes the stars, declare the glory of God and the firmament sheweth his handiwork. David said, God, the stars declare your glory. Brief words, few words, simple words. But the words that are there express something much bigger than what is there. The words that were used may be small, but that which they created, that which came about as of it, is very, very much so large. The Bible speaks in the story. Stay with me. The Bible speaks of in the scriptures of the Old Testament Prepare, and this may be common to you, but just hear me out right along, if you will, even if you took this taxi before. But here is Abram. Abram, Sarai. Amen. Father, his name would be changed to Abraham. Father, amen, of many nations without child. Without child. His wife is barren. His wife cannot give birth. Amen. She says, take my handmaid Hagar. Go into her. Have seed. It would be a seed, but it wouldn't be the promised seed. It'd be a seed, but it would be a seed that could only be blessed and not have covenant. It would be a seed. It would be Ishmael. And so Ishmael is born. Ishmael is within the house of Abraham, Hagar, Sarah, all of them there. Amen. And so after Ishmael is born, Abraham and Sarah are still childless. Her womb is still closed up. It would seem to be an impossibility. It would seem like it could not take place. Not only are we dealing with a barren womb, but we are dealing with two people that are well past their biological clock of being able to produce a child. Yet whenever God see them looking into the face of adversity and looking into the face of impossibility, he wanted to turn their attention somewhere, I believe with great purpose in Genesis 15. And the Bible says, after Ishmael is born, and he's still childish, here is Abraham, and he brought him abroad and said, Look now toward the heaven and tell the stars. 
shall be able to number them. And he said to him, so shall thy seed be. There was something in that moment. I believe Abraham's mind went all the way back to Genesis. I believe Abraham's mind went all the way back to Genesis. God was using this little phrase of look to the stars as a illustration, as if you will, a point of information for Abraham. You say this is impossible. You say this can't take place. You say there's infertility because of your age. You say that your wife is barren. I want to tell you, look at the stars. I can hear the mind of Abraham thinking of that little phrase. He made the stars also. Yet whenever I see the vast expanse of Honey, this barren womb's no problem. That's being past the age of barren's no problem. He made the stars also. He can make my descendants as the stars of heaven. The Bible said that Abraham believed in the Lord and counted it to him in a righteousness. Number them if you can. Number them, Abraham, if you can. One, one thousand, two, one thousand. Number them if you can. I got to start over. It's moved a little bit. Number them if you can. God, I don't think I can number them. Yeah, but the only details I ever gave about them in creation is that I made them. And from those brief words, you can't even number what I did. If I said, I'll give you a promise, child. And that's all I speak. Watch out for what it materializes at. Someone say amen. Joseph's hated of his brethren. He's hated the more because of his dreams. He's hated the more because of his dreams. What he would have in consideration concerning his family, his mom and dad, and his brothers, what Joseph has on his hands is an unreal, if I can speak modern terminology, an unreal dream. In other words, this thing is so out there, so beyond, that you cannot even believe that this will unfold or happen or take place. Hallelujah. It, it is like out there. I mean, Joseph, if you said you was going to buy a farm and have two cattle on it someday, that might be a believable dream. But you're telling me about stocks coming up and bowing down, and you're talking to me. Listen to me now. I believe God made this endorsement for Joseph. God made this endorsement for Joseph because he had this unreal dream and for an endorsement, again, for an illustration for Joseph, he said he dreamed about the sun and the moon and the 11 stars. Use that symbolical language. Amen. That they would be bowing down and making obeyance unto him. This is unreal. Joseph may be thinking in his own mind, this is unreal. This is an impossibility. There's no way that this will ever take place. We got 12 kids. We got 11 kids right now under my father. We're scraping around for food. Amen. My mother and those that are with us, we bore all these children. Man, we're eating up the land just with the clan of us. There's no way that this will ever take place. But Joseph, let me turn. What are you doing? I want you to turn your attention toward the stars and think it over, over, all over again. You say it's unreal. You say it'll never materialize. You say it'll never happen. But consider the stars. I put that endorsement in there for you. I put that illustration in there for you. Lest there be any doubt. Lest there be any apprehension. Lest there be any thought about no way. Amen. Remember, I made the stop. 
the Bible speaks, the Bible speaks in Judges. It speaks of there is a horrible enemy by the name of Sisera. Describes it of having 900 chariots of iron. An undefeatable foe. The Bible speaks that it had such, such intimidation in the land of this day that the highways were unoccupied. They didn't occupy the highways in this land because of Sisera and the 900 chariots of iron. The inhabitants of the village, they, they seized. They didn't take up inhabitation in the villages because they would be plundered. They would be overthrown. They would be taken advantage of because Sisera, this undefeated foe of 900 chariots. But the Bible says that the Lord raised up a prophetess by the name of Deborah. She took to her side also a man by the name of Barak. And they went forth to conquer. They went forth to have dominion over Sisera, this un defeated foe with his 900 chariots when nobody else were walking the highways here came Deborah and here came Barak amen walking the highways with their little ragtag army going out to fight and the Bible states this whenever the war was over and the battle was done in Judges 5 it's the song of Deborah it's the song of Barak and they speak of it in these terms and fashion because the odds were stacked against him they were the underdog and there's only one way that they could somehow share the victory that they wrought in that battle all they could say was they fought from heaven the stars in their course fought against Sisera were they talking about literal stars coming down no but I believe they were just making a little footnote back to Genesis he made the stars also and out of just a few words something miraculous can happen we went in with our heads down we went in unsure but God the one who made the stars is the same God that showed up in our dilemma the same God that brought back victory to our household he made the stars also someone say amen I'm practicing bishop for my stress test on Thursday Numbers 24 and verse 17. <laughs> I like this. Balak comes and has employed Balaam to curse God's people. He says, all I'll say is what God has me to say. And every time he went to do the curse, blessing come spewing out his mouth. Did this three times. Three times, proposed to curse. Came forth, blessing. Balak had it up to here. He's aggravated. He's mad, nothing short of it. He's mad because he didn't curse God's people. And this is what Balaam said in Numbers 24 and verse 17. I like it now. He, he speaks the word of the Lord of himself and he says, and I shall see him but not now. I shall behold him, but not nigh. He says, there shall come a star. There shall come a star out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel, and shall smite the corners of Moab, and destroy all the children of Sheth. He says, I'm going to see him, but not now. He says, I'm going to behold him, 
but not nigh. He says, but there shall come a star. Mm -hmm. There's gonna come a star. Now, honey, if you started to talk about a virgin birth, if you start talking about a Mary that was already appointed 500 excess years before she ever came into existence, we would be talking about crazy stuff. We'd be talking about weird stuff. If we were gonna talk about a spirit overshadowing somebody and impregnating a womb, we're gonna be talking about something bizarre. But Balaam already spoke it. He said a star. Honey, this seems weird, odd, impossible, incapable of taking place, but I'm talking about he that made the stars also in so much. The Bible says when that star was born that the wise men said, behold, we've seen his star. He made the stars also. Few words, few words. We're coming to a close. You can stand with me. Don't want anybody getting nervous. Think I'm going to go through every galaxy we got. <laughs> Michael Card sings a song called "The Star Kindler." It goes like this: A million bright and holy beams from the light that's traveled far begin the trip from his fingertips. Oh, the wonder of the stars. Affirm the signs and seasons so silently they sing of the wonder of their kindler, of the power of their king. Oh, the fiery suns above us in the vast veil of the sky are your servants, flames of fire, are your silent holy guides. And like the star-led magi, they guide our souls to you as they shine a light of awesome love into eyes that see anew if God's postscript afterthought for Moses can just be for us he made the stars also and yet the impact the unsearchableness of those five words in our King James Bibles is so massive that it bewilders mankind then the next time that you're dealing with a dilemma and you're going through some heartache I want you just to whisper that phrase to yourself. He made the stars also. Those on got any mountain you can't cross over? Got any mountain you can't climb? Any river you can't cross over? Pause, tell yourself. He made the stars also. Yes, he did. If we bow our heads in this place here this evening. God, I love and appreciate you tonight. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.